Have we started? Yep. All right. Well, I guess we probably have to stop now. No, we don't. Just leave it. We're fine. I, but I can't edit the sound. Do it or do I? Can I do it? Okay. I'm recording. All right. So we'll just talk like this. Nick will actually have an actual conversation. Yep. As like a podcast should be. And eventually, I will push stop. That honor is mine today, as I stand here privileged to address the General Assembly of the United Nations. One, we're in. (laughs) Introducing the man, the myth, the legend, Dwight D. Eisenhower. Ike, 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 Ike. This man was born on October 14th, 1890 in Denison, Texas. He graduated from West Point in 1915. He was a very smart, organized man, which helped him quickly reach the rank of lieutenant in World War I. He then ran on to attend Commander and General Staff College and graduated at the top of his class. Fun fact. Fun fact with Alex. His name is actually David Dwight Eisenhower, David being his first name after his father, but his mother changed it fear, for fear of confusion. Uh, Eisenhower ran as a Republican in hopes of stopping the isolationist policies of Robert Taft, who opposed NATO and foreign entanglements. After a landslide win with 83% of electoral votes, his main goal during his presidency were to contain communism and reduce federal, federal deficits. He was also against big military spending. His administration wanted to reduce taxes, balance budgets, decrease government control of the economy, and have states assume some federal responsibilities that they previously had. They also had conservative views on domestic affairs. Eisenhower appointed Richard Nixon his, as his vice president, who took care of the Republican Party-related thing to of Republican Party-related things because Eisenhower's distaste for partisan politics. Nixon was given many assignments for shaping the role of vice president from a ceremonial... Ah, can't talk, sorry, one to an actual position. For many cabinet appointments, Eisenhower went with the heads of big businesses. The CEO of General Motors, Charles Wilson, became the Secretary of Defense. Yes, a common joke was that Eisenhower's cabinet consisted of nine millionaires and a plumber. Eisenhower was actually known as a do-nothing president, but by the end of this, we should know if that's true. It's foreign relations. Eisenhower entered his presidency during a tense time. There were growing tensions between the United States and the Soviet Union, and conflicts popped up around the globe. He also took office in the middle of the Korean War. Eisenhower was against big military spending and sought to reduce the federal deficit by redirecting the budget. After World War II, Korea was liberated from from Japanese colonial control. Two separate states formed, North and South, with the North taking a socialist approach while the South taking an anti-communist leadership. Each side's leader believed that they were the true leader of the whole Korea. North Korea had the backing of China and the Soviet Union, while South Korea had the backing of the support of the United Nations. The Korean War started when North Korea invaded China and the Soviet Union, potentially in World War III. Americans also had the fear that this was beginning of the communists taking over the world. 
Who came to save the day? None other than Dwight D. Eisenhower himself. Seeking the understanding of the war, Eisenhower went to Korea himself to see what would end the war. He then negotiated an armistice only six months into his presidency. To speed up the process of negotiations, he was hinting the use of nuclear weapons. Hinting, though. Throughout his presidency, many other conflicts arose. He helped the French fight off communists in South Vietnam and sent financial, financial support after the French left. He supported military coups in Iran and Guatemala, orchestrated by his own administration. He was also made against the Israel. He was also against the Israeli, British, and French invading Europe, and causing their withdrawal. He made the Eisenhower Doctrine, which threatened the use of armed forces against any aggression from communist states. The new Lick policy focused spending on air force and nuclear weaponry, while putting the army and the navy on the back burner. The policy used strategic bombing in an aspect of total war in which infrastructure is targeted to demoralizing the opposing citizens. The destruction of factories, railways, and refineries leads to a deficiency in raw materials and war supplies. It took small provocations and responded with unproportional retaliation. The policy also decided when, where, and how these attacks would be carried out. The new look policy also strengthened old alliances and sought new ones. This policy allowed for actions in the Cold War while refraining from putting stress on the economy. The new look policy was eventually replaced by the flexible response strategy during Kennedy's presidency. Eisenhower urged both sides to direct nuclear technology away from weapons and towards things like power. This was known as the Atoms for Peace at the Geneva Conference. Eisenhower believed, or Eisenhower called for open disarmament under open skies and proposed and proposal, but it was rejected. Eisenhower believed that success of communism in Vietnam would lead to the gradual growth of communism throughout the world. This was known as the domino theory. And speaking of communism, a message from our sponsors. Share your knowledge as well as everything else with Skillshare. Skillshare is an online community. Skillshare puts the community in communism. Want to learn how to top, topple dem democratic regimes? Find it on Skillshare. Learn how to build a gulag, crush the sadistic, ah, sadistic spirit of your people, spread rigorous propaganda, institute the KGB, save, stave on a diet of only potatoes, and much more with thousands of classes in designing business, technology, and more. Its premium membership gives you unlimited access to high-quality classes on must-know classes like the, world, like the works of Karl Marx. Before Skillshare, I was enslaved to the ideas of democracy. Skillshare helped me open up my eyes with many interactive tutorials and lessons. I even got hands-on experience in waterboarding class. Skillshare is also, is also more affordable than most learning platforms, with an annual subscription less than $10 a month. But if you use code WAZOO, you can get $9.99 a month. Technology. Eisenhower put the first plans of what would be an immense project that is still being expanded today. With the Federal Aid Highway Act of 1956 to construct the large grid of roadways that will connect the U.S. from coast to coast. The U.S. has built roadways before the 1950s, but with no real end goal, such as what the interstate system is today. The main project was considered complete in 1992, but has such been expanded upon throughout the 21st century. With a price tag of around $114 billion for the time 
it would be about $521 billion in today's time. Their interstate system has been one of the most ambitious and expensive projects that U.S. has ever taken on. The highway system may not be the cutting, at the cutting edge of technology, but another program that Eisenhower helped to lift off was NASA. In 1958, after the bloody Russians launched Sputnik 1 into the orbit, claiming the title of the first satellite in space. The Americans were scared. They've, they finally were not the best and first at new technology and exploration. So in 1958, in partnership with the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics, NASA was formed. Taking the entire NACA program and parts from the U.S. Army and Navy Ballistic Missile Divisions, NASA went to work to try to beat those damn commies to rule space. Since the Cold War, NASA has further, since the Cold War has ended, NASA has further developed space travel and explorations with projects such as the Space Shuttle, the Apollo Moon Landings, and the Mars Rovers. Social Movements The first Red Scare came after the Bolshevik Revolution. People feared that the growth of communism would change American life. The press used this fear to discourage labor strikes. The, this fear led to the Espionage Act of 1917 and the eventual arrest of thousands of U.S. citizens. During Eisenhower's presidency, there was a second Red Scare. Senator Joseph McCarthy claimed that communists had infiltrated the U.S. State Department, sending into a panic. When people would accuse politics opponents of disloyalty without evidence, it was known as McCarthyism. This pure conjecture is very similar to the Salem witch trials. Yes, it does. These accusations resulted in investigations such as con uh, congressional committee hearings, FBI investigations, loyalty tests, and sedition laws. These led to imprisonment, deportation, loss of passport, long-term unemployment, and in the case of Julius and Ethel Rosenberg, execution holy cow eisenhower disliked many disliked mccarthy but didn't publicly speak out against him in fear of furthering the polarization of the country polls at the time indicated that 50 percent of americans approved of mccarthy and his tactics many took silence as agreements with mccarthy but eisenhower privately hated mccarthy despite his current silence and others such as Senators Ralph Flanders and journalist Edward Murrow began to speak out against McCarthy and, Eisen and Eisenhower had his aides begin preparing a report of a scandal. The breaking point was when McCarthy set out against the U.S. Army. In response, Eisenhower had his staff present information that would discredit McCarthy. McCarthy had threatened to wreck the Army if his assistant wasn't given special treatment. McCarthy demanded the notes between the administration and the Army. Eisenhower said no, national security would be breached. The Army McCarthy hearings weakened and McCarthy began to lose all of his influence. Privately to McCarthy, Eisenhower had the joke that it is no longer McCarthyism, it's McCarthy-wasm. What an absolute savage. Civil rights. Eisenhower took a very clear stance on segregation during his first State of the Union addressing, address, saying, I propose to use whatever authority exists in the office of the president to end segregation in the District of Columbia, including the federal government and in in any segregation in the armed forces. This is, the administration declared that 
racial discrimination a national security issue as communists were using the racial discrimination and the history of violence as propaganda against the U.S. Eisenhower signed the Civil Rights Act of 1957 and 1960, which integrated schools and created Civil Rights Office and a Civil Rights Commission. This was the first law in over 50 years that gave the government power to ensure that African Americans and other minorities had the power to vote. In 1957, Arkansas refused to follow a federal order to integrate schools and caused Eisenhower to send federal troops to escort African-American children to an all-white school. This was the first time since Reconstruction that the federal troops were used to enforce the Constitution. And on that note, remember to check out our merch at www.benandalexsickpodcast.gov. Thanks for listening.